0: It is the A-Train Sports Talk Podcast with your host and conductor, Anthony Smith. What do we have on top? Well, only way to find that out, you have to tune in. You have to grab your ticket, get on board, put your seatbelt on. Most importantly, enjoy the ride. That's right. It is the A-Train Sports Talk Podcast. Your host and your conductor, Anthony Smith. And we are getting ready to get this train on the track. So let's get rolling you're on board the a-train sports talk podcast with your conductor anthony smith enjoy the ride By the way, I always say put your seat belts on, but tonight I'm going to say seatbelts are optional. Although, for safety protocol, I highly recommend it. Anyway, got a lot to get to tonight. Just to let you know, we am be talking a little bit of WNBA, That their All-Star game is coming up. I'm going to talk some Brittany Griner, because there are still some things going on, and you uh, can't never forget BG. We are BG. We're going to talk a little Deshaun Watson and whatever else comes to mind. That's what's so unique about this train, because we turn some corners, we go up and down some valleys, you never know which direction this train is going to go, but it's going to be a safe, enjoyable sports journey, so let's get this show on, let's get this train on the track. Hope you're having a nice week thus far. It's Thursday night, and I am elated to be bringing you this podcast tonight. Uh, I believe this is episode 199, which means I'm getting closer to episode 200. And I do have a couple of special guests lined up that will be on the train with me. I'm not going even give you a spoiler, but they are renowned. matter of fact, if you're in the Wichita area and you were listening to ESPN radio last week, the Wichita Open, the Corn Fairy Tour, you heard a couple of the voices on there that will be on the show next week, so I am belated to have those two get them out. Both of them, I will say in my book, are legends. So I want to go ahead and get into some WNBA talk because... The AT&T WNBA All-Star starters announced with Seattle Storms, Sue Bird extending record number of All-Star selections to 13. So the All-Star teams will be led by co-captains, A.J. Wilson, Las Vegas Aces, and Breonna Stewart, Seattle, who led fan voting segment and will be paired with additional co-captains and retiring legends. Bird and Sylvia Fowles, Minnesota Lynx, New York Liberties, Sabrina Lonesco, Las Vegas Aces, Kelsey Plum, Jackie Young to make All-Star debuts, co-captains to draft All-Star rosters for pool of starters and reserve. You will be able to check this game out on ESPN on Saturday, July 2nd at 3 p.m. Eastern. Seattle Storm guard Sue Bird, a four-time WNBA champion and the league's career assist leader, has extended her record number of All-Star selections to 13. The league announced today when the starters for AT&T WNBA All-Star 2022 were revealed on ESPN's NBA Today. Bird, along with a trio of former Kia WNBA Most Valuable Players, Minnesota Lynx Center Sylvia Files, Las Vegas Aces forward, RJ Wilson, and Seattle forward, Breonna Stewart, highlight the list of 10 players, including four guards and six front court players from across the WNBA who were selected by fans. Current WNBA players and media to start in AT&T WNBA All-Star 2022. The 2022 AT&T NBA All-Star game will be played at Wintrust, Arena in Chicago, home of the defending WNBA champion Chicago Sky on July 10th, ABC, noon, Central Time, 1 p.m. Eastern, and will be the centerpiece of a weekend full of WNBA activities. Wilson and Stewart by virtue of being the two All-Star starters who finish with the most fan votes will serve as official team co-captains. They will be joined as co-captains by Files and Bird, who both have announced their retirement upon conclusion of the 2022 season after legendary careers spawning almost two decades. Bird will be paired with Wilson. Files will be paired with Stewart. For icons like Sylvia and Sue to be voted into the the AT&T WNBA All-Star game, as starters in their 19th and 15th seasons, respectively, is extraordinary, said WNBA Commissioner Kathy Engelberg. And when you see the starting lineups dotted with first-time All-Stars like Sabrina Lonesco, Kelsey Plum, and Jackie Young, it just seems right that Sylvia and Sue, who have said this will be their final season, join Ajay and Brianna as co-captains for an All-Star event that will in some ways symbolize the passing of the torch to a new generation of WNBA stars. In addition, Engelbert named Phoenix Mercury Center Brittany Griner, who was selected to seven prior at and WNBA All-Star Games as honorary All-Star and starter. During each season of Brittany's career, in which there has been an All-Star game, she has been selected as an All-Star, said Engelbert. It is not difficult to imagine that if BG were here with us this season, she would once again be selected and would no doubt show off her incredible talent. So it is only fitting that she be named as an honorary starter today and we continue to work on her safe return to the USA. Joining Wilson, Stewart, and Files as at All-Star Game starters in the front court are 2021 WNBA MVP Connecticut Sun forward John Quayle Jones, Los Angeles Spark Center, Nikkei Agumake and Chicago Sky Forward Center Candace Parker. The starting guards, in addition to Bird, are the New York Liberties Sabrina Lonesco and Las Vegas Aces teammates Kelsey Plum and Jackie Young. Voting will now begin for the 12 reserves for AT&T WNBA All-Star 2022, which will be selected by the league's head coaches and will be announced on Tuesday, June the 28th. Coaches will vote for three guards, five front court players, and four players at either position regardless of conference. They may not vote for their own players. If a player is unable to play in AT&T WNBA All-Star 2022 for any reason, a replacement will be named to the roster by Commissioner Engelbert. The co-captains will select their respective All-Star rosters during ESPN's broadcast of the WNBA All-Star team selection, special on Saturday, July 2nd, 3 p.m. Eastern. Choosing first from the remaining pool of eight starters and then from the pool of 12 reserves. AT&T WNBA All-Star 2022 Starter Pool Sue Bird Storm, 13th All-Star Selection. Bird, who announced that she will retire following the 2022 WNBA season, has been selected to more AT&T WNBA All-Star games than any player in league history. Only Tamika Catchings and Diana Taurasi each of whom was selected ten times have earned double-digit selections. Bird is the league's career leading assist leader in assists with three thousand one hundred twenty-two and games played five hundred sixty-one. Sylvia Fowles, Sylvia Fowles, links eighth All-Star selection. The WNBA's career leader in total rebounds three thousand eight hundred thirty-five, defensive rebounds two thousand seven hundred forty-three, and Field goal percentage, 0.598. Files has announced that 2022 will be her final season. The 2017 Kia WNBA MVP and two-time finals MVP is averaging 16.5 points per game and a league-leading 10.3 rebounds per game. Sabrina Lonescu, Liberty, first all-star selection. Lonescu, the number one overall selection in the 2020 NBA in the WNBA draft, presented by State Farm, makes her all-star debut. She leads the liberty in scoring and assists with career-best figures of 16.7 points per game and 6.1 assists per game. On June 12th, Lonesco became the youngest player in WNBA history to record multiple triple-doubles in their career. John Quill Jones from the Connecticut Sun, fourth all-star selection. The reigning Kia WNBA MVP and winner of the 2018 Kia WNBA 6th Player of the Year and 2017 Kia WNBA Most Improved Player Award, Jones will play in the All-Star Game for the fourth time. Jones is pacing the sun with 15.1 points per game and ranks third in the league with 9.4 rebounds per game. Nika Okwumake, Sparks, 7th All-Star Selection. Okwumake, the 2016 Kia WNBA MVP and champion, also is a three-time winner of the WNBA's Kim Peratt Sportsmanship Award. McKay leads the spark in scoring 18.1 points per game and rebounding 7.7 rebounds per game. Candace Parker, the Sky, 7th All-Star Selection. A two-time Kia WNBA MVP and two-time WNBA champion. Parker is the only player in WNBA history to win MVP and Rookie of the Year honors in the same season, 2008. MVP of the 2013 AT&T WNBA All-Star Game, who is averaging 12.7 points per game and 8.1 rebounds will play in front of her hometown crowd. Kelsey Plum, Aces, first All-Star selection. Plum, the number one overall selection in the 2017 WNBA draft presented by State Farm and the Kia WNBA sixth player of the year in 2021 makes her All-Star debut. Her career high, and team leading 20.3 points per game have helped the Aces generate the league's number one scoring offense at 91.5. Brianna Stewart, Storm, fourth All-Star selection, 2018 Kia WNBA MVP, a two-time WNBA Finals MVP, and a three-time league champion. Stewart is leading the WNBA in scoring with a career high, tying 21.8 points per game and contributing 7.6 rebounds per game. A.J. Wilson, A.C.E.'s fourth All-Star selection. The 2020 Kia WNBA WNBA MVP and 2018 Kia WNBA Rookie of the Year is playing in her fourth consecutive AT&T WNBA All-Star game. She previously served as an All-Star captain when Team Wilson defeated Team Deladome in the 2019 AT&T WNBA All-Star game. Wilson is averaging 18.4 points per game and ranked second in the league at 9.6 rebounds per game. Jackie Young, Aces, first all-star selection. The first overall pick in the 2019 NBA draft presented by State Farm, Young is one of eight number one overall picks selected as starters, along with Bird, 2002, Parker, 2008, of Wimgay, 2012, and Stewart, 2016, Plum, 2017, Wilson, 2018, and Lonesco, 2020. Young is the Young is averaging the career-best 18.2 points per game. Young is averaging the career-best 18.2 points per game and contributing 4.2 rebounds and 3.9 assists per game. And there is some more to that, but we are going to pause and take a break. I gave you the gist of most everything to what to expect from the WNBA as far as the starters and whatnot. And what I'm going to do right now is I'm going to pause and take a break. And when I come back, we're going to look at this Brittany Griner situation. So it is the A-Training Sports Talk podcast. Your host and conductor, Anthony Smith. So stay tuned. I'll be right back afterward. A-Train Sports Talk Podcast, your host and conductor, Anthony Smith, wanting to let you know that this podcast is listener-supported. That's right. Driven by you, the listener. So if you want to advertise or sponsor a segment, simply reach out to me at 316-553-2010 or hit me up at talk at gmail.com to get your ad or sponsorship rent on this podcast once again the A-Train Sports Talk Podcast your host and conductor Anthony Smith you're listening to the A-Train Sports Talk Podcast buckle up and enjoy the ride sports talk podcast your host and conductor anthony smith episode one nine nine who would have thought i'll be coming 200 episodes and looking like no shutting down anytime soon What is it that keeps me doing this? What is it that got me started in doing this? Well, I worked at a radio station. And there was me and a guy by the name of Rick Thomas. We was in the hallway at this radio station. And I said, we should just start a podcast. And that was pre-COVID. Then COVID hit. And I found out about Anchor. And I said, well, you know what? I'm just going to start me a podcast. I'm just going to do it for the heck of it, just for the fun of it, find some news articles and just, you know, just share the articles in the podcast. And as time would go on, I flew around and got equipment and started interviewing people. I've had Chris Allison on. I've had Mike Kennedy on. I've had both Bob and Jeff Lutz on. I mean, this journey has been quite the ride. No, I'm not a household name. I'm still doing this for fun. But now I'm going to be unveiling also a new logo. Samara Fordham. A little bit entertainment. So when y'all see that new logo, if y'all need some graphic design done at a real reasonable price, y'all need to hook up with Samara Fordham. When you see my new logo, You'll say, yes, I need that person to do something for me as well, too. So, yeah, I'm in the business of giving people shout-outs on my podcast. That's why I come as the football season's approach. I'm going to be really reaching out to some high school coaches. The return of the coaches' Corner will be back. The Halftime Show will be back. There's just going to be so much going on with the A-Train Sports Talk podcast. Not to mention the outside-the-box segment, which is basically that segment, which really isn't all sports-related. But if the person I'm talking to has a sports tape, we're not going to limit them. If they want to talk sports, we'll talk sports. But outside-the-box is geared toward people like Hood Fessionals Incorporated or Hood Fessionals LLC. And I will give you more on that because uh, I order products from them, the bracelets, shirts, hats, and they got a real nice concept because just because you're from the hood don't mean you can't be professional. So, you know, there is so much going on. I will be getting some of these guests on to highlight their businesses. And that's, that's my whole thing about doing this podcast. I like to talk sports, but at the same time, I like to highlight people, you know, help them because they're the ones helping me as well too. And then when these people start sponsoring segments or start advertising and you people start patronizing them, then you'll find out the real meaning of Rockin' My Podcast. Yes, I want to be successful in this, but at the same time, I also want to help people. And those people help me. I help them. And when y'all support those people, that helps me out a whole lot. We're all in this thing together. But anyway, back to the news at hand because I want to keep... The Britney Griner situation before us, more than what the regular news media is doing, more than what the sports outlet media is doing. As a matter of fact, Mel and Mo, I gotta give them a shout-out because they're still talking about it. There should be some more podcasters talking about this Britney Griner situation. Because it seems like it just appears to me, as far as the main, especially the mainstream sports media, I still have a bone to pick because I'm pretty sure if it was somebody like a Tom Brady or Aaron Rodgers or Tony Romo or Dak Prescott or even with all of his legal issues and lawsuits or Deshaun Watson, we would probably see tickers on ESPN, Fox Sports, Fox Sports 1, telling us how many days he's been over there. We almost have to search and research how many days it's been for Brittany Griner. Me personally, I don't think there's enough sports media bringing attention to the situation so yes i'm calling them out there's a show that comes on that i listen to It's called uh well it's called the uh odd couple chris broussard and uh rob parker and they have it on Tuesdays. they have what's called trash talking tuesday well i want to trash talk the media because personally i don't think they're doing enough to bring you know to highlight this situation to bring attention to the situation Unless you're a WNBA fan knowing that they're going to be honoring Brittany Griner, which you heard that in my first segment, you probably won't know nothing too much about Brittany Griner being detained in Russia. I think if we can get our mainstream sports media to keep shining light on this situation, maybe we can get our government to move and make some kind of deal to get BG home, along with the other hostages. So much on my political take. I'm not a political guy. But however, the Kremlin... There's a couple of reports here I want to bring to you on this Britney Griner situation. One that came out the New York Post on June 21st said, the Kremlin flack says WNBA star Britney Griner is not a hostage. Brittany Griner, the WNBA star arrested in Russia this February for allegedly bringing drugs into the country, is not a hostage, a Kremlin spokesperson said. Dmitry Peskov told NBC this week he would strongly disagree with the US State Department's classification of Griner as wrongfully detained. We cannot call her a hostage, Peskov told the outlet. She violated Russian law and now she's being prosecuted. Why should we make an exemption for a foreign citizen, Peskov said. He added that Griner was not unlike hundreds of hun- hundreds and hundreds of Russian citizens That were sentenced for carrying hashish, but Griner has yet to see her day in Russian court, with her pre-trial detention extended multiple times since her arrest. The 31-year-old all-star was arrested at a Moscow airport in mid-February for allegedly having cannabis vape cartridges in her luggage. She was entering the country in order to play for a Russian team during the WNBA's offseason, as she has for the past several years. In May, the White House sent her case to the Office of Special Presidential Envoy for Hostage Affairs, a state, a state Department team tasked with negotiating the release of Americans being held hostage and others classified as being wrongfully detained in other countries. Russian authorities have previously said Griner's arrest was based on objective facts and evidence. She was caught red-handed while trying to smuggle hash oil, Moscow said in a statement last month. In Russia, this is a crime. Griner's detention came at a time of heightened tensions between Moscow and Washington over Russia's imminent invasion of Ukraine. She faces 5 to 10 years in Russian prison if convicted on drug smuggling charges. So that's the fate that is facing one Brittany Griner so while that is going on let's move forward to what's going on today as we see here as mentioned briefly in my first segment WNBA honors Brittany Griner for All-Star Selection. Brittany Griner will have a place at the WNBA All-Star Game, being named an honorary starter Wednesday by Commissioner Kathy Engelbert. Griner has been detained in Russia since February 17th after authorities at an airport outside of Moscow said she had vape cartridges containing cannabis oil in her bag. During each of Brittany's career in which there has been an all-star game, she has been selected as an all-star, Engelbert said. It is not difficult to imagine that if BG were here with us this season, she would once again be selected and would no doubt show off her incredible talents. So it is only fitting that she be named as an honorary starter today, and we continue to work on her safe return to the U.S. The State Department in May designated Griner wrongfully detained, moving her case under the supervision of its special presidential envoy for hostage affairs, who is effectively the government's chief hostage negotiator. Griner's detention was extended until at least July the 2nd. Russian state-run news agency Toss reported last week that Griner's detention was extended until at least July the 2nd. Another American, Paul Whalen, has been held in Russia since December 2018 on espionage charge. He and the U.S. government say are false. Brianna Stewart and Ajay Wilson received the most votes from fans and were selected as co-captains for the event. They will be joined by Sue Bird and Sylvia Files, who both have announced they will retire at the end of the season. Bird set a record with her 13th All-Star appearance. Fowles, who is injured right now, was selected for her eighth game. Stewart and files will be paired up as co-captain, as will Wilson and Bird, and will choose their teams. But I just want to get you a little bit of insight on what's going on with Brittany Griner, because I will try my best as I get news to keep sharing that with you and keep it in our listening ears until something is done. We are pleading with our government. We are pleading with this presidential staff Pleading with whoever has anything to do with, get Brittany and the others home. Paul Whalen, been there since 2018. So we can only imagine. I mean, no, we can't even imagine. We have to go on what Trevor Reed, Trevor Scott, I think it was Trevor Reed, the Marine that was finally freed. We have to go on his account on what he said it's like over there. And basically, the way he said it was, he said it's like medieval times, like everything over there is outdated so basically these people are living their lives in a dungeon the food is no good i mean it is really basically the only way to put it is he says it's basically pretty much hell over there if there's ever such thing as hell on earth being in a russian prison is pretty much hell on earth so we are still pleading for god's sake please let's get these people back home I mean, the way it is described, no one person, or for that case, that many people should have to be treated and put through such torment and turmoil in such a condition like that. Like I said, on average, when I come on my podcast, I will do my darndest to keep this in our ears until our government does something. And those or you out there who are also doing podcasts so just I come, I want to give a shout out to Girl Chat Sports, Mel and Mo. Gotta give them a shout out. I'll even try to find their link and put it on here so you can listen to them. They are some outstanding young ladies who bring it week in and week out. They know their sports. And they too are mentioning we are BG. I appreciate people like them that keeps things like this in the forefront, keeps keeps it in our Keep it in our mind. Keep it fresh in our mind. Don't don't sweep this on the rug. Think about it like this. If this was your son, your daughter, your mom, or your dad in such a condition like this, you would want us to do everything we could to get them home. So by us bringing attention to this situation, we hope it moves the hand of our government and get a deal and get these people back home. Well, it is the A-Train Sports Talk Podcast. I've rambled on, talked a lot. So when I come back, I have some more I'm going to get at you. So stay tuned. It is the A-Train Sports Talk Podcast. Your host and conductor of the train, Anthony Smith. Hope you are enjoying the ride. You're on board the A-Train Sports Talk podcast with your conductor, Anthony Smith. Enjoy the ride. sports talk podcast, your favorite conductor of the train, Anthony Smith, bringing you the best in sports-related news as it happens, and another topic of interest, we are steady keeping our eye on, I mentioned his name in an earlier segment to go ahead and get into this story without further ado but first let me get you this right here Breaking news into first take this afternoon regarding the Deshaun Watson situation. So, we've just heard from the accuser's lawyer. That would be Tony Busby putting out the statement. I'm going to read part of it to you right now here. Today, I announced that all cases against Deshaun Watson, with the exception of four, have settled. We are working through the paperwork and related to those settlements. Once we have done so, those particular cases will be dismissed. The terms and amounts of those settlements will remain confidential, and we won't comment further on the settlements of those cases. As stated, Ashley Solis is one of the heroes of this story. Her case has not settled, and that's her story, and that of the other three brave women will continue. I look forward to trying these cases in due course, consistent with other docket obligations and the court's schedule. That's news on Deshaun Watson. So as it says, civil lawsuits against Deshaun Watson where things stand after 20 settlements and what's next for the Cleveland Browns quarterback. During his introductory news conference with the Cleveland Browns on May 25th, quarterback Deshaun Watson was asked whether he would attempt to settle the civil lawsuits filed against him that accused him of inappropriate sexual misconduct during massage sessions. That's not my intent, Watson said then. My intent is to continue to clear my name as much as possible, and that's what I'm focused on. On Tuesday, Watson and his legal team reversed course. Tony Busby, the attorney for the plaintiffs, told ESPN in a statement that 20 of the 24 cases against Watson have been settled. The other four, which include Ashley Solis, the first woman to sue Watson, have not been settled and remain on track to go to trial next year, according to Busby. Although two grand juries in Texas declined to pursue criminal charges against Watson earlier this year, the NFL is investigating whether he violated his code of conduct. The league has yet to give a timetable for when it might make a ruling in a statement to ESPN League spokesman Brian McCarthy said, Watson's settlement will have no impact on the collective on the collectively bargained disciplinary process. With twenty cases against Watson now settled, what's next for the browns, the NFL, and Watson, both on and off the field? ESPN reporters, Sarah Barshop, Dan Graziano, and Jake Trotter delve into those questions. So, question, what happened today? What happened Tuesday with 20 settled lawsuits? More than a year after the first lawsuit was filed against Watson, Busby announced in the statement that all but four of the lawsuits have settled. Busby said his law firm is working through the paperwork related to those settlements. Once the paperwork is complete, Busby said those cases will be dismissed. Busby said in the statement, terms and the amounts of the settlements are confidential and won't have any further comment on the cases. It's unclear whether the confidentiality agreement extends just to the settlement figures or if it also restricts either the plaintiffs or Watson from talking about the specifics of the lawsuits. In April 2021, Busby and Watson's attorney, Rusty Hardin, both acknowledged settlement talks broke down because the sides couldn't agree on whether a non-disclosure agreement would be included. There are four plaintiffs who didn't settle. We do. What do we know about those situations? We don't know anything outside of the statement Busby released. When reached by ESPN's John Barr, the attorney declined to expand on the four plaintiffs. And that's from Barsha. Are those four cases likely to go to trial? If so, when? Busby and Harden have agreed not to go to trial from August first, twenty twenty-two, until March. 1st, 2023. While Busby has acknowledged there were conversations about Solis' case going to trial before August 1st, at this point, it seems more likely these trials occur after the 2022 season. So, where does the NFL's investigation into Watson stand? To answer that, the NFL has consistently declined to give a timetable for completion of its investigation. Though conversations with various sources close to the situation indicate there is at least a chance it's nearing its conclusion, there are some in the league who would prefer to wait and see whether any new information comes out from the lawsuit still pending or any others to come before imposing discipline. In case something comes up, that would make the league's proposal punishment look insufficient. There are others arguing for a quicker resolution so that the uncertainty of the situation doesn't carry into the regular season. The Browns are hoping to know something before training camp begins late next month, but they do know, but they do not know whether they will get their wish. So what happens after the league concludes this investigation? Under the new collective bargaining agreement, any recommendation the NFL makes about discipline for Watson, be it a fine, a suspension, or both, would then go before retired U.S. district judge Sue L. Robinson who serves as a jointly appointed who serves as a jointly appointed by the NFL and the NFLPA discipline officer Robinson is likely to conduct her own hearing involving an interview with Watson and other witnesses this means even once the league makes a decision on whether and how to discipline Watson the process may take a while to resolve if the league imposes discipline Robinson opposes it and Watson is unsatisfied with the decision, he can appeal the fine and our suspension. In that case, NFL Commissioner Roger Goodell will hear the appeal and make a final decision. Do these settlements change the timeline or investigation? Absolutely not. The NFL made, it, made this clear in the statement it issued within minutes of Busby's announcement Tuesday. The league continues to stress the collectively bargaining aspect of the process And the fact the league investigative team, headed by Lisa Frio, is conducting the investigation while Goodell awaits the decision by his investigators and eventually Robinson. Is it possible the settlement of 20 of the potential pending civil suits could speed up the league's investigation given the reduction in the number of cases that could potentially go to trial and reveal new information? Sure. But with four still pending, there remains the possibility information could come out that the league's investigation did not uncover on its own. Where is the NFLPA in all of this? Players Union has been working with Watson and his attorney on a plan to contest any potential discipline in front of Robinson. The union recently enlisted the help of its longtime counsel, Jeffrey Kessler, in his effort. And if Frio's team issues a recommendation of discipline, the NFLPA and its attorneys, Will likely argue on behalf of Watson for a reduction in said discipline. The NFLPA, according to sources, is expecting some sort of discipline, likely a suspension, though it remains anyone's guess how long that suspension would be. Is Watson likely to be suspended? All signs certainly point in that direction. The situation is unprecedented in a lot of ways, as it's the first potential discipline case to be conducted since the new CBA and its establishment of independent arbitrator was signed in the spring of 2020. But based on all the the behind-the-scenes conversations I've had over the past few months, there is a widespread expectation the league's investigation will result in at least some suspension for Watson under the personal conduct policy. Whether Robinson, who is new to the process, agrees with the league's recommendation is the wild card. It's entirely possible the league could recommend discipline in Robinson after her own review of the case could rule that some is warranted while the answer to the question has been has to be yes, given that given what we know so far, it must be mentioned that there remains a non-zero chance Watson does not get suspended once the process is complete. Does anything change for the Browns? This really changes nothing for Cleveland. It seems unlikely these settlements will help reduce Watson's in suspension. The Browns now turn more of their focus on the NFL decision decision whenever that does come. So who will play if Watson isn't available? Any chances, Baker Mayfield. <laughs> yeah, that, that's worth laughing at uh, in the, In the words of the song, of the theme song of one Vincent Candy McMahon who makes his appearance on sometimes Monday Night Raw and Friday Night Smackdown, No Chance in Hell. Plain as that. This is the NFL, and this is the Browns, so never say never. But sources have said Mayfield has no interest in playing another down for the Browns again, especially after a team source told ESPN NFL insider Chris Mortensen The Browns were looking for an adult to replace Mayfield at quarterback during their pursuit of Watson in March. The Browns have given no indication that they have any interest in Mayfield playing another down for them either. Both sides have moved on even if Mayfield remains on the roster. And so, in the event Watson is suspended, Cleveland would plan to move forward with Jacoby Brissett, whom the team signed earlier this offseason and who has 37 career starts in the league as its starting quarterback? If Watson is suspended, can he participate in training camp? Unless the league specifies otherwise, Watson would be allowed to participate in training camp according to the bylaws of the new CBA. Watson would be eligible to play in Cleveland's three preseason games as well. If suspended, Watson would start serving that suspension once the regular season begins. That would include being suspended from participating in practices during the first half of the during the first half of the suspension. During the second half of a suspension, a player will be permitted to attend the club facility and participate in limited activities according to the CBA. So that's what we have on Deshaun Watson. However, though, there is more to this because it was said that Deshaun Watson allegedly offered 100,000 to settle each lawsuit but his money was rejected for this reason in other words this segment of the podcast may be a little bit longer then again on second thought maybe what I will do I will go ahead and take another break and when i come back i will dive into why his money was rejected that's right so you're listening to the a train sports talk podcast your host and conductor stay tuned i will be back with more on this deshaun watson situation on the other side of this break so it is the a train sports talk podcast your host and conductor anthony smith yeah. Mm-hmm. The A-Train Sports Talk Podcast, your host and conductor, Anthony Smith, wanting to let you know that this podcast is listener-supported. That's right. Driven by you, the listener. So if you want to advertise or sponsor a segment, simply reach out to me at 316-553-2010 or hit me up at a train Sports at gmail.com to get your ad or sponsorship ran on this podcast. Once again, A-Train Sports Talk podcast, your host and conductor, Anthony Smith. You're on board the A-Train Sports Talk podcast with your conductor, Anthony Smith. Enjoy the ride. Welcome back to the A Train Sports Talk Podcast. My final segment. And I have enjoyed being your conductor. I hope you have enjoyed being the passengers. I hope you have found today's podcast a very entertaining or very enlightening, however you want to label it. I don't care how you label it. I just hope you enjoyed it. I hope you have enjoyed it as much as I've enjoyed bringing it to you. So in that last segment, we discovered that... Deshaun Watson and his attorneys, they settled 20 lawsuits. However, though, Deshaun Watson allegedly offered 100000 to settle each lawsuit, but his money was rejected for this reason. For the past 12 months, Deshaun Watson has been facing 22 civil lawsuits, but that number jumped up to 23 when a new lawsuit was filed in Texas. When the newest lawsuit was filed on Tuesday, it included an interesting piece of information. Apparently, Watson offered $100,000 to each plaintiff in an effort to settle each of the 22 lawsuits that he was facing. It already had been... Known that settlement talks took place around the trade deadline last season, but it wasn't known how much Watson was offering to sell each case. As first noted by Pro Football Talk, there is a notation in the most recent lawsuit that mentions the settlement offer. The latest lawsuit is 11 pages long, and tucked away on the second page was a notation about the settlement offer. Here's what the notation says. We now know that Deshaun Watson offered each plaintiff $100,000 to sell their cases, but not all would accept that amount due to the aggressive non-disclosure agreement (NDA) that Watson's team proposed. The notation was added by Tony Busby, who represents each of the 23 plaintiffs. Busby is the lawyer for all 22 women who were involved in the settlement talks, and he also represents the, women's, the woman who filed her lawsuit this week. So why would Watson make a settlement offer if he insists that he's innocent? Here's a look at how the offer ties into everything that's happened over the past nine months. It appears this offer was made around October. Back in January, one of the women in the case offered a copy of the NDA to the Daily Beast. The woman never signed the NDA, which noted that Watson would be willing to pay her one hundred thousand to sign it at some point in October. At the time, it wasn't clear if the offer was just for her or if it was made to the other woman, the other women. Based on the court documents released this week, it appears the offer was made to all twenty-two women. Why did Watson's team want an NDA? Watson's attorney recently explained. That the only reason he was looking to have the women sign an NDAs because the Miami Dolphins wanted it. The Dolphins were trying to make a trade for Watson back in October, and according to multiple reports at the time, they were only going to go through with the deal if Watson reached a settlement with all twenty-two women who had filed a lawsuit. In the end, only eighteen of the twenty-two women agreed, which blew up the trade and took the settlement off the table, since it was an all-or-nothing deal. Tony Busby says the NDA ruined the settlement talks. After the trade deadline, Busby said that the aggressive NDAs is what killed the deal. In what was submitted to us, there were non-disclosure agreements, and many of the women pushed back on those, Busby said in November. Busby specifically referred to the NDAs as a deal-breaker during that same interview. Basically, it seems that Watson's camp offered $100,000, offered the $100,000 settlement to each plaintiff in order to facilitate the trade to the Dolphins, which tells you how close a trade was to happening. If all 22 women had agreed to Watson's settlement offer, it's possible that Watson would be playing for the Dolphins right now. But four of the women pushed back and refused to sign. As things currently stand, Watson is still facing 23 civil lawsuits. In the meantime, the NFL is finishing up investigation into the Browns quarterback, an investigation that should be completed soon, according to Commissioner Roger Goodell. I think we're nearing the end of the investigative period, Goodell said at the Spring League meeting on May 24th. Then it will be handled by our disciplinary officer. Even though the investigation is expected to be wrapped up in the near future, Goodell hasn't given a timetable, a timeline for a possible announcement of the findings where the league would reveal whether Watson is facing punishment or not. So it appears that and I've often heard it said like this women have power. And in this case they flex their power. Which is now why Deshaun Watson is a Cleveland Brown and not a Miami Dolphin. Which is why now when you put everything in a nutshell, it's also the reason Brian Flores is terminated as a coach. Which is also the reason why the Miami Dolphins will be quarterbacked by Tua Viola. Why? Because of the pushback of a few women. Women do have power. And in that situation, they flexed their power. Regardless of what Busby said that the NDA was a deal breaker all it took was for a few women to say thank you but no thank you. How ironic when you heard that Roger Goodell said the investigative period should be wrapped up soon but he doesn't In a way, he does have a little bit of say. But it's being done by an investigative team as to how the punishment is going to be dealt out. So as you listen to this podcast, I want to get your thoughts on this whole Deshaun Watson fiasco. One of the questions you heard asked in that statement was, if he's not guilty, then why did he settle? Well, if you look at that contract that he signed with the Browns, something would tell me why not settle. And let's get this thing behind us. I'm ready to play football. My question, though, is why do you have to have so many masseuses, though? Why not just one? Maybe two or three at the most, but 23 lawsuits, which represents 23 women. I still say this is a very fishy situation on the Houston Texans part. Their their stud receiver who they let go. And for some reason, his name is drawing a blank in my memory. They let him go to the Arizona Cardinals. J.J. Watt, he asked to be released. They rolled out the red carpet. And out the door he went to the Arizona Cardinals. Deshaun Watson, see what's going on around him. Like, hey, you taking away my offensive weapon? You take away the best, de- let the best defensive player we have walk away? Well, hey, if you're letting them go, I won't out. And just as he wants out, 20, 22, 24 women rear their heads. He ain't going nowhere. We got to get paid. And now it becomes a big old, ugly scene played before the. Uh, Sports public. To me, that's why I say this whole situation was somewhat fishy. I'm not discrediting the women, but I'm not going to give them too much credit. I'm not going to say, Deshaun, watched this squeaky clean in all this. Something had to have been done. The only people who know are those who were behind the scenes. And that would be Deshaun Watson and these 24 women. All we have is this attorney saying this, this attorney saying that, and a settlement. We don't know what Deshaun Watson did. We don't know how many of these women are telling the truth and how many are lying. But I will say this. If down the road it's discovered that these women lied or at least some of them even lied are we still in a position where we want to say to to Deshaun Watson we forgive you? How do you view Deshaun Watson? How do you view Deshaun Watson the football player, Deshaun Watson the person? If he's guilty then yes he should be dealt with but if he's not the damage to his reputation has already been done. I'm not trying to get on a religious or a biblical soap soapbox right now, but always remember this: life and death is in the power of the tongue. You can kill someone, but yet not physically. You can kill them with the power of the tongue. And in this case, it's 24 women saying the same thing about one man. But if it is found that Deshaun Watson actually really didn't do anything, is there a possibility that this case could be opened back up in terms of a defamation lawsuit? And even if that was the case, are you still looking at Deshaun Watson side-eye? 24 women, I believe maybe something happened with at least maybe five of them. And even at that, that's too many. But whatever the ratio is, he only did something to five women and the other 19 fabricated their stories. We may never, ever know the true story behind the Deshaun Watson Massage therapies. My theory is this, always has been, and always will be this right here. All we have as a general public is what's presented to us. We weren't there, and we don't know what happened, and we don't know how it happened. All we have is a bunch of she-says. And only one he say. And the he say is in the minority. Well, this has been another edition of the A Train Sports Talk Podcast, episode one ninety nine. Now I'm so elated to get one ninety nine out the way because now on the horizon is episode two hundred. Never thought I'd be saying episode 200, but I'm at, I'll be at episode 200 when my next podcast fires off and I'm looking forward to it due to the fact I do have some guests lined up, at least two. I'm looking for at least two more. But trust me, the two I do have in my eyes, I once again, I will say this, they are legendary in my eyes. One was a voice on a morning show and... Because he spoke his mind and told the truth, he was told that his talents weren't needed. That's their loss for somebody else's game. The other voice that I've reached out to who has given me his word, all I will say is this, it's a voice that's connected with Shocker Sports. But that's all you get. I said I wasn't going to give you a teaser. I wasn't going to give you a hint, but there you have that hint. But I want to thank y'all for listening to my podcast. I want to thank the guests that I have had. Looking forward to after 200 going on even farther and building this thing up. I will be spending time also on my YouTube channel. So not only will you get to hear me, but you will also get to see me. I will be looking at bringing sponsors on board. Can't wait to get my outside the box segment going again, because that's basically going to feature common people. People that are doing things such as food prep, clothing store, graphic designers, just the common people for my outside the box. But they're not just common, they're doing great things. Of course, the Coach's Corner will be back. Looking forward to getting my friend out there in Oswego, Kansas, Matt Fowler, on the show again because he has a story to tell about a rivalry, and I can't wait to get him on here to share that. So it's going to be more fun. It's going to be more entertaining. The Coach's Corner, Outside the Box, the Halftime Show. and Y'all remember that? I hope because the Halftime Show is going to be off the chain. So, until the next time, take care of yourself and each other. Always remember to keep your ticket because it is reusable. And we can enjoy the ride time and time again. But my hour is growing very late and I have to get out of here but i once again i hope you have enjoyed this podcast and look forward to episode 200 it will be momentous and a joyous occasion so until the next time be blessed thank you